Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Have those Marvel blues while Black Widow's theatrical release date is consistently delayed? Well, turn that frown upside down because yet another MCU podcast is here to guide you through the MCU one movie at a time. That's right, Mike. Each episode, we break down one movie from the MCU and talk about its connections with the source material, comic books. Which means I get to learn so many fascinating things like about Alpha Flight. The Canadian Avengers. Who knew? And Moon Knight. A multiple personality superhero. Seriously? And then there's Man-Thing. Yeah, not really sure how to explain that one. Pretty sure no one can. Yet another MCU podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Boom! I guess I like sports movies! Yeah, like real creepy like. Did you notice him with his pants down? Oh, with his pants yeah. I just noticed somebody was there. Yeah. No, his, his pants are down. He's taking a dump? Is that, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I want to do the secret cabal stuff. I don't want to just go oh, and drink. Still, you still got to wear a cloak and stuff. No, I no, no. I want, the, I want the real cabal stuff. Like, I want the stuff <laughs> for controlling the world. I want the secret break. You know what? Screw that. Well, hey there. I'm Mike Field. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast right this second. Woohoo! <laughs> Adding the who to the woo does not change, change that. The, it's that. a woo. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Mr. Butler, what are we doing today? Uh, we're recording a podcast. You're right here. You're correct. You're, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> All right, smartass. What movie are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about DOA. Uh, came out in 1988. Um, you are the synopsis guy, not the I'm, fact here guy. Here we go. <laughs> I need to specify this to nineteen. You need to understand your place. <laughs> <laughs> the next sound you'll be hearing is the, my open hand across Butler's cheek. <laughs> uh, his face cheek. Calm down. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I, for the ratings, it could be. For money. That's all, that's all. <laughs> wow. We will sell out for a lot. For, excuse me. We will sell out for a little. <laughs> Dexter Cornell, an English professor, becomes embroiled in a series of murders involving people around him. Dexter has good reason to want to find the murderer, but hasn't much time. He finds help and comfort from one of his students, Sidney Fuller. That fucking blows. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't, they dropped an F-bomb in the synopsis? No, that, that synopsis. Hold on. Right. A college professor's day. His top student allegedly commits suicide. His wife presents him with divorce papers, and he overnights in a freshman's girl's dorm. The next day, more murders around him. Will he find the killer in time? Is nothing going to mention that he's poisoned and has 24 hours to live? Oh, Correct. my God. Come on. All right. Bad synopsis. Both of them. All, All right. right. I'm done. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so DOA uh, came out on March 18th, 1988, as Butler said before. 
It's a runtime of 96 minutes. Rated R. Uh, I could not find a production budget anywhere. So Ooh. I don't know what's up with that. 25 million. I don't, you're guessing? I'm guessing. All right. Uh, but honestly, it's probably, I would assume it's 20, 20 to 30. Yeah. So that's probably right. Uh, opening weekend was 3.7 million. Domestic and worldwide are the same. So I don't believe it had an international release. And that its total was 12.7 million. So yeah, who knows? I, I don't, I really don't think it did well in the box office in terms of against the budget. Production companies Touchstones Pictures and Silver Screen Partners 3. Distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. So it's kind of, it's a Disney movie, but it's, you know, Touchstone, Buena Vista, all that. I don't it's think adult it's, Disney. It's, adult, it's adult Disney. Touchstone. Disney doesn't want their name. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't, um, was Tombstone, Buena Vista, Touchstone? The, uh, the Kurt Russell one? Oh, I don't, I don't know why I'm, I, I don't, I don't know why it's in yet. my head. Anyways, now I'm just, I think because Touchstone does decent movies I don't oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no i have nothing against yeah. it's just that when disney doesn't want their family-friendly name on it i got you i got you right 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 <laughs> uh so march 18th you had it up against police academy 5 assignment miami beach <laughs> that is the one for everyone out there who doesn't know that is the one when they put the suntan lotion on his chest and it says dork and everyone's like hey dork hey dork you don't remember that i don't think i've seen police academy 5 have you seen any of them oh yeah i've yeah, seen yeah, probably the yeah. first three or four i've probably seen all You've, the way up to you, four I, there's more than five i know I, that yeah but five five doesn't have mahoney five has his cousin or something or then i have not yeah five has lloyd braun from seinfeld as the main guy <laughs> i've only ever seen him with mahoney yeah okay uh you also had an unlimited release little nikita and the milagro beanfield war which is a very good movie i, I recommend it uh, March 11th, the week before, you had Off Limits, Vice Versa, and Masquerade. Sound familiar? Any of those sound familiar? Vice Versa should sound familiar. Just Reinhold. Yeah. It's when a little him bit. and Fred Savage switched bodies. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then you had a limited release, Stand and Deliver. Have you ever seen Stand and Deliver with Edward James Olmos? I have seen parts of Stand and Deliver. Very good movie. Very, very good movie. I think I saw that in school. That's how I, I remember seeing it. it it's, it's very much like a movie you would show kids in school and high school and, and whatnot. Gotcha. Uh, although I wasn't in high school in 88. Uh, March 25th, <laughs> the week after this movie came out, DOA, you had Biloxi Blues. That's the Matthew Broderick movie. Uh, Johnny B. Good with Anthony Michael Hall and A New Life. And then in the re-release, you had The Fox and the Hound. So I'm going to say right off the bat, there's not, I guess, Place Academy 5 is probably an anticipated movie. Uh, aside, maybe vice versa. Uh, nothing really like that jumps out here. That's what I can understand people back in 88 going, Oh, I can't wait for the new movie, especially Biloxi blues. Cause that was when Broderick started doing a little bit. It was, this is past uh, Ferris Bueller's day off and kind of started doing a little bit more adult movies, I guess, if you want to say for lack of a better term, he's so, growing up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. So this is directed by two people. It is a husband wife team, Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton. Butler, do you know what they directed right before this? I mean, you should know this because it's a it's a movie that is based on a video game in the eighties. The Mario, no, that's, Super Mario Brothers. But that's a that's a nineties oh, movie. No, well, what's this one I'm talking doing here? Ooh, wait, you're right. Mario Brothers came out in ninety three. Well, they oh maybe then maybe it was one after then maybe they did Max Headroom. They did Max Headroom, but they <laughs> they also did they had a bunch of music videos. But they are more they I believe they got this gig or maybe they got a. Uh, you know, the attention of Hollywood right. from their creation of the Max Hedrum uh, TV show or a TV show. Yeah. TV. Yeah. Movie show, whatever. It was a TV movie and then it became a series. Right. Right, right. All right. So the screenplay and story critic, he wrote the screenplay uh, is Charles Edward Pogue. He did Psycho 3, The Fly, Dragonheart and Call the Conqueror. That is a. Yeah. Dragonheart uh, also has Dennis Quaid. Correct. What I was going to say was Call the Conqueror is a 
not, I don't know if it's his favorite movie, but it's a movie that my friend Adrian always talks about. So I really like Cold yeah. the Conqueror as well. I have never seen it. You would not. There's some movies I've never seen. You would not like it. I would like to put it well, on the I would not list. like it. Mm. All right, whatever, man. You don't want we'll 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 any list. of the heat? You don't want this heat for Cold Oh, I'll take that heat. We'll go. We'll go. <laughs> uh, I'm putting so, it on the list right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. It's an adaptation of an older film from the 40s called DOA. So the two writers of that movie got an original story credit on this movie. That is Russell Rouse and Clarence Green. They they won an Oscar for a pillow talk. They also did The, the Well, The Thief, and a TV show, Tightrope. Cinematography by Yuri Naiman. He has done Liquid Sky, Ginger Ale Afternoon, which I kind of like the name of that, and Civil Brand. Composer Chaz Jankel. Uh, obviously, I'm going to assume it's some relation to Annabelle Jankel and maybe Rocky Moore. Maybe it's a brother, cousin, nepotism, friend. man, <laughs> nepotism <laughs> hire, whatever. Uh, that's how it's done. He is known for Real Genius, The Fan, Wolf of Wall Street. He's known for these movies because he has written songs that were appeared in these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really, I don't think I could find any other. Um, movie that he composed actually edited by Raja Gosnell I, I think I said that right uh, he has edited Pretty Woman Rookie of the Year but he's also the director of the Scooby-Doo show movie that came out in early 2000s the two of Never Been Kissed uh, he's a director now basically but he started as an editor I do like those two Scooby-Doo movies <laughs> also edited by Michael R. Miller you like both those Scooby-Doo movies uh, the second one's kind of more slapsticky definitely more for kids well, the first one has a lot of uh the first one's scrappy. They're definitely for kids. Yeah. The first one's, no, the second one's got scrappy, no, dude. The first one's scrappy. And then well, you find out that scrappy went to the island and messed with them and because uh, they kicked him out. Oh, you're right. My bad. Yeah, they're definitely for kids. They are, but they've got, the first one has more stuff for adults that they can appreciate. I guess, yeah. The second one is def- definitely straight up, it's kids, but I still like it. I gotcha. Well, you're because you're a kid. I'm your a, child. I'm a big man child. <laughs> <laughs> Edited by my other, the other editor is Michael R. Miller. He's done Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, which I. Love and Ghost World and With Honors. Do you remember With Honors? The Joe Pesci's a bum and Brendan Fraser is like, they're like all. I know, Maura but Kelly. I've never seen yeah. it. Yeah. It's, you know, what's funny is I watched that. This is like an early 90s movie. I think it's early, maybe mid 90s. And I remember liking it. But like when I think back, uh, I keep thinking, I don't know if that's a good movie. I don't know if I should like that movie so much. I have to go back to it. Because when you're younger and you watch these movies, you get easily fooled by melodrama, I think. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, that's so serious. That's it's so good. For some reason, I keep thinking it's very melodramatic. I, I, I kind of want to go back there. But uh, but Miller does a lot of Coen Brothers movies. And one of my absolute favorite Coen Brothers movies that nobody ever talks about is Miller's Crossing. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, uh, you talk about it all the time. Because it's awesome. <laughs> produced by Laura Ziskin and Ian Sander. I believe they're a producing team. Uh, Sander has also produced the Ghost Whisperer TV show and everybody's all American. That actually also stars uh, Dennis Quaid. Uh, he passed away in 2016 and Laura Ziskin, who passed away in 2011, has done No Way Out, What About Bob, To Die For, and the Raimi Spider-Mans. So a pretty good uh, filmography, Collection, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So you had Dennis Quaid as Dexter Cornell, as Butler said. Then Mr. Quaid has been in Breaking Away, Jaws 3D, The Right Stuff, Dreamscape, Frequency, which we love, yep. Inner Space, Great Balls of Fire, Wyatt Earp, Switchback, which I think we should put on the list. And he's in the upcoming Reagan. He plays Ronald Reagan in the Reagan movie. Oh, so yeah, I saw that. That's uh, really good. Yeah. Sydney Fuller is uh, Meg Ryan. She is in Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, and In the Land of the Women. Now, this is the second film that Quaid and Ryan do because they were both in Inner Space. And also, this movie has the, I guess, luxury of being the movie where they fell in love. And they married, right? So uh, Russell Crowe came in and ruined it all. All right. All right. That's not what, that's not what this podcast is <laughs> Drama, <about>. man. <laughs> Hal Petersham is Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern is from City Suckers 1 and 2. He's also in Home Alone. He's one of the wet bandits. 
He is the narrator for the Wonder Years TV show, and he's in a movie called Whip It that was directed by, what's her name? Drew Barrymore. Did you see that? Oh. That's a good one. Is With it? uh, It's about, it takes place in Texas, and I want to say either 80, maybe the 80s, maybe late 70s, early 80s. It's about roller derby. It's actually pretty good. I, I liked it. It's a nice coming of age movie. Uh, Gail Cornell is, is Jane Kazmarek, or Jane Kazmarek is Gail Cornell, excuse me. Uh, everyone probably knows Jane Kazmarek from Malcolm in the Middle of the TV show. She mm. was the mother, but she was also in Perker Lewis Can't Lose, which I remember. And she's the mother in Pleasantville, the one that is their mother in real life, not in anything in Pleasantville. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, she's the one. She's crying and he gives her the tissues. Yeah. And, yeah yep. uh, Christopher Neem plays Bernard. Uh, Chris, do you remember him from License to Kill? He's one of the bad guys in License oh, to Kill. He, oh, yeah. yeah, of course. He's also in a... That's his biggest credit, but if he's very familiar to you in terms of like his face, it's because he's been in countless TV shows throughout the 70s and 90s. Just littered. So he, you, I've probably seen him on some we of your shows. We need a British bad guy. Yeah, pretty Get much. me Christopher <laughs> Neem. <laughs> Robin Johnson is Cookie Fitzwearing. Uh, she's in the TV show Codename Foxfire and the movie After Hours. And you have a couple of people in here that are, you, you know, like Robert Nepper, young Robert Nepper, plays Nick Lang. Uh, he's probably claimed to fame is where he kind of like heated up was the TV show Prison Break, I would think. And then maybe the TV show Heroes. Those are the two. Yeah. One was, one was before the other, obviously. He's also in the movie Phantoms and Good Night and Good Luck, which is a really good movie. Yes, it is. Mrs. Fitzwearing. Uh, Charlotte Rampling is Mrs. Fitzwearing. She is nominated for an Oscar for 45 years, which is recent. She's also in The Verdict, which is a fantastic film. Swimming Pool. And she's in the upcoming Dune movie that's going to come out now in 2021, hopefully. You had uh, <laughs> Brian James as Detective Ulmer. The two detectives I wanted to put in here because these guys are also familiar. Brian James is in The Fifth Element. He's in Blade Runner. He's also in Tango and Cash. He is a, a definite uh, prominent actor throughout the 80s and 90s in terms of the big action movies, bad guy role. Yeah. He looks very familiar. He passed away in 99. And they have J- Jack Kehoe, who plays Detective Brockton, who passed away actually this year. Um, he's in the sting. He plays the guy in the sting that, that is nervous. He's, I don't know if you remember the sting, but the guy's always nervous about doing the, okay, yeah. the gig and he does the nose at the end or towards the big, that he's in that he's in Serpico midnight run. And he's also in the star chamber, which is the movie we did in season one, two, one, one. It was one. Wow. I think it's episode seven. Yeah. Nice. And then did you notice John Hawks? Did you see John Hawks as a sleeping student? No. Yeah. So John <laughs> Hawks from the TV show Deadwood and the he's more recently peanut butter Falcon, but he's, He's a big time character actor. Oh, as he soon as he's sleeping, I'm like, sleep. that guy looks familiar. Who is that? <laughs> so, all right. So are you, brother kind of hinted at me that he hated this movie before we started the show. So. Butler, what do you think about this movie? I'm not going to yeah. ask him that. I'm not going to ask him because he already told me he hates it. But I've, I've talked enough. It's time for you to talk. So I guess, why don't you give me your biggest complaint about the movie? Let's, let's do that. Ooh, the biggest complaint. Or the one that, I guess the one that stands out or... Everything's so, it's so haphazardly done or the story is so haphazard. It's just a bunch of moments. It's not a cohesive, I don't, I didn't think it was a cohesive story. And I think that was my biggest complaint. Things just kind of happened from place to place and he just appears in places. It just, it felt very disjointed to me. Okay. And not in like a good way. Uh, so you didn't get the you didn't get the well your synopsis kind of your, your synopsis but... sucked, as you admitted the one you read yeah so the two I read <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the story is supposed to be he's poisoned right and he has to figure out who poisoned he's trying to figure out who poisoned him well that's not how it starts it's right he's it's, a professor he's a professor right. his uh, his best student 
he's a he's a professor that's kind of demoralized. He's kind of just going through the motions. And his best student has given him a book and he refuses to read it. It's his final project. Right. Well, he does. He doesn't. Yeah, he I don't know what. Well, that's the intention. You think that he kills, he kills himself. himself. He gives him his uh, uh, his manuscript and he doesn't want to review it or he just he's too late. He doesn't want to do it. He just he's, he's too late. He's too lazy. He's just wait. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he just <laughs> up and up gives it an A, which I like that scene when he's staring out the window. And all, or no, he's giving it the A and he's just sitting at the desk and then the window breaks because yeah, Nick just jumped. Hits it. Yeah. I actually like that scene. You didn't like that scene? When he when the kid jumps? There are like certain like bits and scenes that right. I like, but yeah, it's just the movie overall I didn't like. Well, did you so I can't say I, I didn't hate this movie. I just didn't like this movie. Interesting. Well, you don't like how it starts? Black I, and white. I do like how it starts. I like that black and white noir thing, him talking to the cops. Then I like to change the color. I like the scene in the classroom. Like he seems like even though he's disenfranchised, he's still like seems like he's a good professor. He's a professor everybody likes. Uh, like right, it, he's it not. A, he's not your strong. He's not the professor where you meet his counterpart, who he who they kind of have a fight with. He wants tenure, but he supports Daniel Stern's character um, for tenure. What's Stern's character's name again? Uh, Hal. Hal. He before he and he this other professor is like, oh, how did you? How could you do him? And, and they have this huge fight where he's like, I published five times and I published once. Like all this and they're like, yeah. Some people just want to be good teachers. Some people aren't aren't right, writers. right. And that so he's the he's the antithesis of uh, Dexter's character, which Dexter is obviously just somebody who just kind of he's. He, he got tenure because of his because he wrote books. And right. He's four times published. Yeah. Five times. Uh, five times published. Never made his other book. Yeah. And he's just kind of this is his job. But he'd rather write, but he can't write and hasn't written. Yeah, and he says that later on in the movie. Not that he's he says he's he just didn't want to do it anymore. Not that he was stuck. Right. He just lost interest. He just basically. Yeah. yeah. He lost interest in life, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. He says that to Sidney Fuller, uh, Meg Ryan's Meg character. Yeah. 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 The one thing I'll say is I, I'm not a huge fan of starting it off in black and white. I think it looks great. I like I actually like the titles and I, and I was OK with the guitar riff that they had because they start. I, I wish I watched the older movie because I want to say I believe that's the older theme from the movie. Oh, and it, then it turns cool. into like the 80s guitar the version. 80s, uh, yeah. But I was I liked the credits. I liked how they were like pushed off the screen and I liked how it started. I just don't know if I like the black and white, the, the black and white bookend, because what they do in the movie is when they go to color throughout the movie till the end, they slowly drain the film of color as it gets to the end, as he's dying, as he's, you know, fading, fading the poison's away, yeah. working. And I, I almost would have liked that without the bookend. I almost would have liked it just better. Just to start with the color start like, you know, right. and, and slowly get to the black and white. But I mean, even the the black and white is the end. Yeah, no, I, though, I I know. I yeah. just I don't I don't know if I'm a big fan of the book ending black and white. I I am an end, I am a fan of the black and white. Just you don't. I just even... don't know if I I don't. I wonder if it would be more effective without the first part. That's all. Oh, uh, maybe. That's all. I really like how they go from black and white to color, though. I like that it starts with the chalkboard on the classroom, so you yeah. still get black and white, and then his hands in frame, and you're like, oh, okay, now it's color. I I, I enjoyed that. I thought yeah. that was a good choice yeah and then it's all off the rails after that it's not off the, I, I see i mean did you figure out who the who the bad guy was did you figure out who no not really and that didn't we just did the negotiator right and in the negotiator we talk about how what what's a big key in the movie is that you don't is the mystery you don't know who's the bad guy you don't know yeah, who the you dirty want cops to know which one of those right cops are setting so in, but in this movie 
you you don't they do a really good job of kind of hiding it I they mean, do in a way that it just kind of comes out of nowhere i just i don't it just all seems so like uh, all right hal's motivation for murder is just insane to me and it's like i get he's a murderer it's supposed publisher to be insane, parish yeah it's just <laughs> too much and like he's so he's killing dennis quaid why he knows he didn't read the script he, he knows didn't he know see that's the thing he says to him at the end that if you just if he knew if you just told me that you didn't read this, the he would the manuscript. Oh, because he's already drinking when he throws right. The garbage. Okay, he doesn't even know, and so he right, and so that was the one thing he said to him. You know, and the only reason he kills his wife is because he saw the manuscript at he left it at her house. At the house, right, right. So I just thought that uh, you know, it's, it's still like, come on, for a book. I mean, which I mean, which is what Dennis Quaid says at the end too. Dexter says all this for a book, which I like that line. I like the ending line. That but it's just yeah I, for I somebody's know. homework. That's all. That's yeah. the line at the end, which I like. <laughs> Everything else is just like all the stuff with Lang and his and Cookie and the the wife is just like this is the Fitzwearing stuff. It's just like I don't I don't care. And then I do like when he uh, <laughs> hold, hold up, hold up, what? hold up. Are you going to pull a wrangle on me? How you just don't care? Is this what this is? is that- no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I just it just it's not that I don't. Go ahead, go care ahead. about what I'm watching. It's just like it didn't make me feel nothing. It's just I didn't like Cookie gets shot, which I love that shot when when Bernard shoots, shoots Cookie in the head yeah, yeah. straight through just because yeah. he's freaking out and then he's like, oh, what did I do? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that scene was like pretty funny, but it, it's just kind of just it's just so weird. I, I don't know. I the Fitz wearing stuff is a little. It's too melodramatic. I don't know I why it's me. it's almost like if that Fitz wearing stuff is not in there. This movie is probably only 30 minutes if it's just the Cornell stuff. Right. And the Fitz, because the Fitz wearing stuff has nothing to do with any of the reasoning behind Dexter being poisoned or the reasoning behind just anything to do with that plot at all. It's just filler stuff. And it's right. this melodramatic filler that's in the middle of the thing. It's just kind of like, all right. They probably should have been a, well, I take it back because the Nick Lane character was somebody that. His father had killed his his father was was a thief that. Well, this is the story in the beginning. His yeah. father was a thief that broke into the Fitzwaring's house and murdered her husband. Right. And then he died. He, he was he was killed. Mm-hmm. And so she felt bad. So she put Nick through school for free. Right. But then what you find out. But then what you find out is that Nick was at it wasn't a thief. It was. It was Nick's father. It was her first husband, who I guess the other husband didn't know about. Right. Nick's dad demanding black blackmailing, demanding more money or something like that. Yes. And then there was a and then there was a fight, and she shot them. She shot them both. She shot them both. Yeah. Yeah. She shot the her husband first, and then she shot Nick's dad. Right. And then Bernard right. came in and covered it all up. Right, because she shot because the father was like. I don't care. I'm not going to take care of him. I don't, you know. And I'm not. I'm. And you get out. She's yeah. Gonna kick him out so too. she shoots both of them. And Bernard, obviously, who has an affection for her, you know, takes care of and hides it. Right. Um, but it again. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of like a and Cookie's all into Nick, but then she doesn't want her to be with it, Nick I, because they're half. But it's an, brother and well, sister. Well, they already were together. They were together. Yeah. yeah and she yeah. wants to stop that yeah. because they're half brother. It and would, sister. But see, I like the Fitzwearing that whole plot line I enjoy on its own as its own movie. Yeah. Yes. I think that there probably needs to be a better way to connect Dexter Cornell's 
story arc within that. That's all. I, I, but I, they both work. I think they both work well on their own. It's just, they tried to push them together. And again, I wish I watched the first movie because I'm wondering if how it worked in that movie, if they did that, but I, I agree with you. It's a little, they're both interesting, but together they're both kind of like they're fighting with each other. Well, almost. I'm watching it. I'm also lines. saying clearly they didn't poison you, man. They got nothing to do with you. Right. Right. You should only be looking at the people that actually are connected to you. Right. It's like yeah, that stuff doesn't connect at all. But other than the fact that uh, his wife, Gail, had an affair with Nick at some point. That's the only thing that really connects them at all. But that's the whole idea of uh, like a classic detective noir which is his noir. Oh, sure. All the is, false ends. and What well, is is that it's never the first, it's never the one thing that is right in front of you the whole time. That's the reason for your demise or for the, for the murder. Right. That, you know, you, but you discover it later on. So that, that's kind of like a noir style staple. detective. Yeah, exactly. A staple. Yeah. So I, I understand why that misdirection is played. I just think they're probably, I would have liked a little bit more of a connective tissue between the two stories. Um, that's all, you know, but the there's a moment in the movie where they have that nail gun fight where yeah. they, I didn't understand. I didn't. That that seemed a little like, why are we doing this? Like, why some action into it? I guess. Yeah. And it was a lot of close ups. Like everything was a close up. Oh, very hard to see what was it going on. Yeah. And where the hand really was. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that was not a reshoot, but just kind of like, oh, let's do this. Let's add this in. You know, I didn't read anything. Mm. You know, like that. It feels like a scene like, oh, we put this scene, but. We don't want to show. It's obviously supposed to be how. Yeah. We don't want to show anything. Let's just kind of we'll, we'll we'll play it this way and just the hand, just the nail gun, just them running, and, and we'll kind of do a bunch of stuff and it'll look good. It'll look good. <laughs> yeah. Now nah, you know that's it's a reason for Sydney and uh, Dexter to disconnect on their their arm and have her. Leave. Oh right, because he super glues his he glues his hand or yeah. No, that was gross. He's like, no, nah, you can't off. go. Yeah, no. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Look at your arm. Like, you did that. Yeah. I really love the answering machine. Two things. I really love how old the answering machine is. <laughs> but I also love that it's an answering machine exposition. Like, I just love that the, it turns on. She's like, all right, let's, let's find out about the story through the answering machine message. <laughs> I always like that part. And I also enjoyed the, when he goes, he doesn't feel well. He wakes up. He's like, this isn't a hangover. And he's realized he's poisoned or he's sick or something. He goes to the hospital, meets his friend who is Hal's wife. And she does. Is it Hal's wife or just his girlfriend? I thought they were married. I think it's just somebody he's been fooling around with. Like Uh, it's a, it's a serious thing, but all right, whatever. Well, regardless, his significant other. And she's like, well, can I find out this blood work? And there's about like a two minute blood work montage montage music scene. And it's like this do, 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 do blood mix up. It's like, okay, we get it. Make this blood turn super green. Centrifuge. And then they're like centrifuge. Okay. Let's clean these slides. Why are you showing me the slides being clean? So it's just funny, I, you know. I like a green, like it, it turns such a fluorescent green, that's, and then he's looking in his cup at the end, and that's also fluorescent. But that's green. legit. That's what. So radium chloride is what he's poisoned with. Is actually that, and what, of- and it radium chloride has a fluorescent uh, bluish green hue, specifically also when uh, heated, when heated up. So I mean, maybe not so much when you saw it, but yes, it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. Well, then that, that makes sense in his glass then because it's super hot outside. Right. So it's been sitting in the heat in his yeah. office. Okay. 
No, yeah, that's that's. So I thought I, I thought that, that was up. convenient because he looks in his glass and all of a sudden the poison is green. Well, I wanted like, to look. I wanted to look at radium chloride because I wanted to really see, like, okay, like, is this something that people poison it? But it's it's like a radium. It's like obviously like it's slow radium poisoning kind right, of thing. Right. Yeah. The fact that it was it's in his system for so long, like she tells him, like it's been in your system for twelve hours. It's, there's nothing it's we can late, do now. Yeah. yeah. Which is so. Like heartbreaking. I like, oh. I do like that that he doesn't like conveniently find an antidote at any point in the movie. Right. I do like that when he's walking down that hallway in the police station at the end. He's just resigned. You his know fate. he's yeah. walking to his death. I think he's given up. The po- whole point is that he's given up on life, and he's just he's like it's too late now. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. He just wanted to solve, figure out who did it. Right. Right. He figured it out, and he's it's all because of somebody's homework. He's dead because of a homework assignment. I love uh, that. I like that line I love, for somebody's homework. That's all. I was just like, I like that line. Did you like Meg Ryan? <sighs> I did. She's, she's 26 to 27 in this movie and she's playing play, and she played, but she's looks young. So, right. you know, uh, she, I, I, I mean, it's not Meg Ryan. Do you like her? Do you like the character yeah, of Sid? It's not. I was just what I was just going to say. <laughs> her character is has nothing to do with her performance. It has everything to do with the way she's written. And why is she involved? Like she's clearly smitten with him, and in the beginning, and yeah. she's a fan, and she's smitten, and she wants to be with him. Which the 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 ease that the characters have with breaking ethics and having sex with. Uh, college kids when they're adults like his wife is with Nick for a little bit you find out right she even tells him oh finally a pulse somebody go to the like and she even knows it's a, someone in the freshman dorm or something like that yeah the, that like she's just like anything like she's okay with it it's like there uh, there's so there's no code of ethics at this at this Texas uh, college well Dex isn't you know that he was like you know I'm probably the only college professor who hasn't like he this. says that and he yeah. wakes up when he wakes up in Sydney's dorm he's like He's upset. Uh, he's mad at himself. Yeah. And then she tells him, you know, he didn't do anything. He just passed out. Right. But then, of course, they get him together uh, towards the end. Right. Well, you're going to die. You might as well. <laughs> uh, I, she doesn't really have anything to do in this movie. She's just so into him. And then as soon as he glues himself to her and is like, we're going to solve this case. Let's go somewhere that has nothing to do with you. It's like, why are you dragging her around? Right. Now you all of a sudden, you know, she didn't do it immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's just billed as like and. Uh, on the Blu-ray you gave me, because good luck trying to find this. Oh, you can't. You, you can't find it anywhere streaming. I had to buy it, which is fine. I don't hate it as Butler hates it. I watched the trailer for this movie that's on the Blu-ray, and it's like they bill it as this exciting thriller where the whole movie is him glued to Meg Ryan. Ah, uh, well, that's what that These sells. These two need to find the case of how he got poisoned. Yeah. Blah, blah. And she's like, duh, duh, duh. and it's just like every scene that they're running in together. That's the, the entire trailer. The two characters, the two female characters that have the most interesting backstory or story is his wife, his ex-wife. Who gets murdered way too who, quick. Yeah, who, <laughs> yeah just, the, you know, you don't get to know her too much. And is Mrs. Fitzwearing is Charlotte Rampling's character. And the fact that Charlotte Rampling is playing that character is another reason why, you know, I, I would want more of that. And the, the daughter, the cookie, it, maybe take her character and Sydney and make them one. And they, yeah, that's how you connect. They're connected, right? right. Uh, and make them one character, and make and make him involved in that way, and make it more, in for the lack of a better term, in terms of the two stories, incestuous with each other. That would be a lot easier. Because right now you have two female roles here, Cookie and Sydney, that are just lay on the table and do nothing. For the lack of a better right. term, they're just they're, they're, there's nothing for any of the actresses to do with those with uh, those two no, characters. Cookie gets to go crazy and steal the car and <sighs> yeah. hit Bernard. Yeah. And- 
whatever. Throw them into a tar pit. And then get shot in the head. Yeah. And they all go in the tar pit. It's oh, convenient. Yeah. Conveniently. <laughs> now there's no evidence about anything. And I'm, did you notice the huge eyeglass flub in the movie? No. Okay. So the when he first sees meets Cookie and she's drinking all the martinis because she's mourning the death of Nick Lang, I guess. Right. Yeah. So she leaves. Bernard comes, rips her out. Sydney comes over, and but like as he's talking to Cookie, he takes his glasses off and puts them in his pocket. And then Sydney comes over, and it's like the next shot. He turns, and his glasses are on. Oh, I and didn't they stay that. on the rest of the scene. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's a big one. Just, nice. Did we catch that? I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> I think even Mrs. Fitzwearing though, you talk about how like she's interesting. I, I thought she was very over the top in terms of her performance. It's just well, it's eighties, very eighties like, melodrama. Hello. Like she was like straight out of a nineteen forties noir movie, right? Just okay. like every like the way she talked. But if if everyone's like that, then that works. Or maybe she's just doing something. You know what I mean? Right. Like if she's doing something different. Blunt, right. Yeah. Yeah. And who names their kid Cookie? Come on. That might be a nick- that might be a nickname. Well, they're rich. Rich people right, do, gotcha. you know. You know how rich people are. I mean, I wish I could be rich and do stupid stuff like that. <laughs> cookie, get over here. Bring me a cookie, cookie. All right, never mind. Biscuit! You leave Cookie alone. How about when he goes to the professor's house that just wants to be a teacher and assaults him in front of his family at dinner? Is he- it gets over real quick. <laughs> Does he punch him in the with Sydney's fist? Oh, I I think uh no, doesn't he choke him with with their with he, both of their he, hands though? He has him, and then he punches him, and he knocks on the. He, that's what pushes him on the table. Push him on the table, and then yeah. he gets on the table. I mean, these kids are eating dinner, man. I mean, I get it. You're dying. You're a little, you know, upset on the edge. It's also over with real quick. You see nothing else from that. It's just like oh, right. yeah, no repercussions. No cops looking for him. Well done. Well, the cops are looking for him for the murder of Gail. Not good enough though. Not, I, not terrible. Yeah. I don't know. He's going to the spots where they he would be. Oh, she holds him captive, and like the next shot is just she's already. Holding the thing, go, oh no, don't. And he's running away and just it's so dis- the, the shots are so disconnected. There's no so you, flow to anything. So you have movie. a problem. Like I've already, already talked about the story and, and how you have that issue, but you also have a problem with the way it's shot. Yes. Okay. Do you have a problem with the way it looks? No. Okay. Just the way it's shot. All right. I like the way it's look. I like the colors and I like the draining of the colors toward the end. I like Gail's house is very like pink, very like 80s. Um, uh, Gail's house looks the most 80s of anything in yes. that movie and even <laughs> the even the the look of the movie in her house is so faded and and kind of not blown out but just desaturated a little bit yeah. and that's in the beginning i know i said they take out color but that's in the beginning it's very dark it's you know very like very dark, yeah. like sunlight coming in the, the shadows coming in so it was very 80s in that room when he goes in to see her and she's putting that she's putting her ornaments on that weak looking tree <laughs> <laughs> Give me a treat. It's the best we got. All right. yeah. Yes, this is a holiday. Uh, well, it's around the holidays because it's supposed to be before when they take a break or something. They're right before. Yeah, yeah right, right, time, yeah. right. Uh, um, how about Creepy Santa? How about the guy that's on the corner? Oh, yeah. And he's just like, hey, there. Like, what? Why? Is this guy in the movie? How are you doing? <laughs> I, almost, I almost feel like that guy wasn't in the movie and they just because they're running on the street. They're running on the street and this, there are people watching them, looking at them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think this is a close set. And I'm wondering if that dude just came up to him and said that to Start him. Start hitting on Meg <laughs> Yeah, like real creepy. Like, oof. I mean, it worked, I guess. They have to get that guy's, uh, they probably didn't even get that guy's permission. Like, yeah, use creepy Santa. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never see this movie. <laughs> so I talked about how this is a remake of the original from mm-hmm. the 40s. This is the third of four remakes. That's a lot of remakes. So, Color Me Dead from 69. 
Okay. Crank from 2006, the Jason Statham movie. Oh, that because Crank is they consider that a remake? Well, because he's somebody who he's yeah, yeah. Okay. And then Dead on Arrival from 2013. That's an indie. That's an indie comedy. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So. This, I mean, because I'm watching this, I'm like, this would, I'd, I'd redo this. Like, this is a movie that, you know, redo and kind of make oh, a little yeah, bit. Oh, yeah, really yeah, make yeah. it your own. But yeah. already people have already tried this. <laughs> <laughs> Crank, though, that's, that's, a, that's a far departure from well, this Well, that, that's an action film. That, yeah. I'm sure that had these notes in it, and then Jason Statham came on board, and they're like, all right, well, we're going to switch this up. He's got to fight people midair. Yeah, you can't be a professor <laughs> anymore. Yeah, that's weird because he had to he had to keep shocking himself in order to stay. He had to keep his adrenaline up in order to stay alive. Yeah, well, maybe it's a loose-based Kind of uh, adaptation. There's Very no, loose. Dennis based. Quaid doesn't have to have sex with Meg Ryan in the middle of the street <laughs> to keep his adrenaline up. He did. I know. That's <laughs> stupid. Uh, speaking of that, st- uh, Dennis Quaid in the street. The shot when he's running up the street. Do you remember that shot? Yeah, when he first gets and, and he runs and he, away. And he yeah. runs at the, he's running at the camera. That's yeah. not him, right? That was somebody else, right? That was. I a, thought so too. They, yeah, I was yeah. like, that doesn't look like. I don't him think that was him. I don't think that yeah. was him at all. And I'm, and I'm like, first of all, that's not him. And why is he getting so close? You shouldn't let me know. That's not him running. Yeah. Well, they shoot. He runs up, and it's like the heat of the street is kind of distorting him. Yeah, he runs up. The frame switches to show what he's looking at while mm. he's running, and then it goes back, and it's actually Dennis Quaid out of breath. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't run, Dennis Quaid. Hollywood. <laughs> I'm not running. What? I'm not running up the street. <laughs> Get my stunt up. <laughs> it's too hot. It's too hot out here. I'm wondering if it was. If the heat was just something they had to work with in the movie or that was supposed to be part of the movie. Maybe. You know, I'm wondering if I'm wondering that and I'm wondering the person that had the person, the PA that had to put the tinsel all over the fan in his office (laughs) because that looked like a lot of work to do. And I love the fact that when Meg, when Sydney and Dexter finally get together, they cut to a shot of the fan as if that's the that's the tilt up pan away from the sex scene that they usually do when they show like the curtains and the wind blowing to indicate sex is happening they 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 go to the tinsel on the fan and she's like ooh yeah, and then cut and she's you know on the couch asleep <laughs> about the fact that she's in the movie the entire time for the most part wearing a slip yeah I know eh, again that just goes to I know what you're trying to do there you're trying to do like a John McClane type thing yeah which is the same year but obviously they didn't do it they you know were shooting at the same time but you know, you just you, stuff happens and you have no time to change. I get that. But I, you know, we talk about this all the time in movies, uh, especially older films. The There's there's sometimes female characters are not written well and they're not they're not given enough stuff to do. They're just there. I mean, I get it. It's Dennis Quaid's movie. It's Dexter sure, Cornell's yeah. film. I understand that. Uh, so it's it, but still there is the other side of it, which is surprising because you have a female director here as well. Yeah. So, but you know, it is what it is. You can't can't really go back and change it. So I'm surprised you didn't like this. I thought you would enjoy the mystery element of this, the noir element of it. That's why I, the reason why I suggest this film. So I remember seeing this movie. I always I always put this movie along with a movie called Shattered, which is with Tom Berenger, where Tom Berenger is trying to. That's the movie they had the trailer yeah. for. That's it. That movie's good. Is it? Yes. Because the trailer looked really good, and then I looked it up, and I was like, I kind of want to put this on the list to you watch should. it. Yeah. And it was thirty-seven percent. Because that, like, because right. because that movie, the whole mystery of that movie is what drives it. And I, I mean, granted, I was younger when I watched it, mm-hmm. and when I watched it at the end, I had no idea what the hell was going on. And then when they made the reveal, I was like, oh shit. So, <laughs> but again, I was younger, 
So I mean, it might not be good, but, but it's it's no, but it's a noir. It's a like you know I like really you know good. I like right. mystery. Yeah. You know I like noir. So even if it's not as good as another movie, I'm still gonna be interested. And I actually enjoyed Shattered. And the same thing with DOA. I enjoyed the mystery of it. You know, so that's what I always remember fondly of it. I agree with you about the dueling storylines and they don't fit and all that stuff. I understand all that. I, I know that it's not a perfect movie. But I mean, I like Dennis Quaid in general as an actor. Well, no, I mean, I like Dennis Quaid as well. And yeah. it's, it's, I mean, he's 33, he's the same age as me. Yeah. When oh. he's making this movie, but he looks way older than me. Well, that's, that's hard living <laughs> that's, then. That's, that's hard, hard living, living Dennis Quaid. And Dennis it's, Quaid is hard living? It, it's real. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's really, you haven't heard? Of, I didn't know. Really? Yeah. Mm, yeah. He has some. It was I didn't 80s. know that about It was this. the 80s. Everyone had that issue. Gotcha. <laughs> but, um, it's tough for me to take Daniel Stern seriously. Oh, yeah. He's more than anything be- I see. Because of Home Alone. I will say, though, that in Whip It, because Whip It, when, you, when you're able to blend comedy and drama, when you're able to be like, because his whole thing in Whip It, because that's a great, <laughs> that's a kind of role that Daniel Stern does well, that kind of mix of drama and comedy. Something where it's a straight drama. It's really, and he can do it. It's nothing well, he's to do, not doing a bad job, it's right? Not, it's exactly. It has nothing to do with him and his performance. It's just tough sometimes because you see him in Home Alone. You see him in stuff where he's goofy that it's really tough to make. That. And that has a lot of comedy actors have that issue sometimes. Right. He's yeah. really good in that. Isn't he in one where he's in uh, the one with the, the Boy Scouts? Oh, yeah. But that's more of a comedy, too. That's comedy. But yeah. he's good in that one, yeah, too. Yeah. But yep. I still can't really. He's still always Marv. Yeah, no, it's, I hear you. Tough. I hear you. Uh, I mean, but, a, but again, that's no, a problem listen, I would listen, love. He, he's <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. That's a problem I think uh, being typecast. But you know, like oh, nobody takes it. Well, you're still making a crap ton of money, yeah. and and you're still good at what you you're do. You're gonna be remembered forever. Yeah, it has nothing to do with him as an actor. It just has everything to do with my stupid way of watching a movie. Perception, not, right? Yeah, exactly. Which I'm sure a lot of people do. Like I know people probably see uh, Meg Ryan now in, in movies that she's in now, where she, you know, like when she did when she started doing dramatic stuff, like in the cut and stuff like right, that. Yeah. People were like, "That's not the Meg Ryan," because everyone recognized her from Sleepers in Seattle. That's not my Meg Ryan, right? But it's like you know, actors want to do different things, right? Know? So yeah, no, absolutely. So um, but that's why I liked it. I'm, I'm very surprised that you weren't a big fan of it, which is fine. It's so mostly, you, it's oh, the, uh, the disconnectedness of a lot of the shots and the way it was shot, right? Is probably my biggest complaint. And the Fitzwearing plotline is just so silly and over the top and ridiculous. I mean, there there are parts of it that are stupid, that are kind of done to be funny. Mm-hmm. And, and I like those shots and those scenes. I, I kind of like that blend. And I like Dennis Quaid. It's just that the disconnected, the way it was shot, I think, is my biggest okay. complaint. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it is an interesting plot. But would you recommend it to people? No. No. Really? See, I would still, I think if somebody I knew liked Mysteries, I'd say check it out. It's not great, but check it out. It's just I don't know. I maybe maybe I I saw it when I was younger, and that's why I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's one of those type of films. Well, you didn't. So you thought this, you thought the same of it now than you did when you were younger. Uh, I think the mystery, the 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 idea of him trying to solve his own murder, still intrigues me, and I like that. I le- I don't mind. I I know you're down on the plot of the Fitzwearing stuff, which I've said before, I don't, I think them together doesn't work as well as it should. And it could, it could be, an, it could be improved, but them they're separate storylines. I don't mind either of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I agree with you that it's, it is kind of like forced together. I totally didn't remember about the scene with the nail gun in the uh, theater. That needs to be uh, cut, cut addressed. <laughs> uh, that, that's a little bit too much, but yeah. So, uh, and, and I'd like, you know, Nick Lang plays a, plays somebody who clearly has an impact on, a lot of the people lives here and you see maybe two minutes of them. So 
right. I don't want flashbacks or anything, but he probably needs to be a bigger character in the plot in the story. Maybe you need to have a little bit more in the beginning, uh, 15, 20 minutes. You have to have him, you know, yeah, a little bit more of him. I like that he's not in it that much, but you just get this sense that he was someone with talent. He affects everybody, right? Though, right. Like he, his his he takes over that classroom when he's talking and right. has these these questions that actually kind of not excite Dexter, but get him talking too. So well, he's like, the only one in the class that's interested almost. Exactly. And and then his conversation down the hallway about did you read my novel? Did you read my novel? Yeah. He's excited about writing and stuff like that in a in a happy way. Whereas, you know, Hal and the Dexter. other no, the other professor. Oh, I don't even I didn't even yeah, write them down. Hal and the other professor are more like they want to be writers, but they don't, they're not happy about it. They're like, well, I think obviously the whole reason how killed though is because right. he wants to be a successful writer like Dexter. Oh, exactly. But right. his need to write is more this, this place of anger, this negative energy. He's got right. this positive energy. Yeah. And then immediately he's taken out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah. So I, I like that. He's in right. it for a little bit. Sweet. All right. So uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us? You can find us on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. You can also find us on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema Pod or Forgotten Cinema Podcast. We post every weekday and we have awesome commercials or we think they're awesome (laughs) every Thursday. And uh, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review and subscribe. All right, so then join us next week. We're actually the week of Christmas, the week of the holiday season for people who celebrate Christmas, obviously. And uh, we're going to be coming back with a little bit of a holiday movie. We're doing The Ref. Yeah. 1994. Do you or did you see The Ref? I have seen The Ref. I have not seen The Ref for a very long time, probably since I was in high school. So Now, I will be I will be much more surprised if you do not like The Ref next week. Like if you not if you know what I mean, if you don't have a more favorable reaction to the ref. I liked it when I saw it. Then you do with DOA. We'll I'm just saying how, yeah, it's we'll really it good. It's now. still good. It's still I've seen it. It's still good. Still hold okay. Yeah. So we're doing the ref next week and um yeah, that's it. Good luck finding DOA if you want to watch it. <laughs> I got the I got the Blu-ray if anyone wants to borrow yeah, it. You can buy it easily on Amazon. It's yeah, it's just uh and you can also buy it uh in the blog post, you'll see it on the bottom. We'll probably have a little, we're an affiliate of Amazon and yes, yeah. we get money for that every time you buy it. So if you're going to buy it anyways, you might as well buy it through us through that click. Um, you know, <laughs> that's a way to support the show is to, is to support the affiliates that we have and the sponsors. All right, everyone, we will see you next week. I am Mike field. No, I'm Mike Butler. And this has been forgotten cinema. drink have <laughs> <laughs> that radium chloride shake tastes good he drinks a lot in that movie oh he's smoking in these like crazy